Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham and with me today, as usual, is the very fantastic Jojo, the co-host of co-host, the lady of ladies, our lady of the podcast herself. <laughs> I feel like a saint, our lady of the podcast. <laughs> I'm not dead yet, but, <laughs> but we are going to beatify you. And then when you die, we'll just go straight into canonizing you, as opposed to you. Would, don't ask how I know this process, but again, you've heard I, me say on this podcast that I used to be a Catholic seminarian, so I know my yes. shit. You, you do, you do, you, you, you know your shit, and more than just that. So, so yeah. So, yeah. so canified. Does that mean I get shot out of a cannon? Is that what that means? <laughs> It's the day that we begin to start you, Saint Jojo. See, you know, Saint Jojo has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Yeah, and so when we're doing what you would call a litany, which is where a priest or a minister of the church start calling on the names of each saint, and the congregation has to respond, pray for us, then we would go like something like, Saint Jojo of Maryland, pray. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it has a nice ring to it. It does. Yeah, and then we'll go like Saint Jeffrey of Delaware, <laughs> Saint Graham of Port-au-Prince in Santo Domingo. You know things Yours like that. Your sounds better. Your sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a by country guy. <laughs> right. So, my friends, today we are reviewing the 33 years in the making sequel of Coming to America, <laughs> uh, which came out on Friday this week. And uh, we are going to talk about that a bit. Jojo and I have been almost an hour and a half before starting the podcast, <laughs> just going through stuff, reminiscing. <laughs> we have. We really have. <laughs> we did a, a podcast before the podcast. The podcast before the, <laughs> the pregame podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, we are going to talk about that. But before that, Jojo... Yesterday, I put I put on a poll on our Twitter page. Now I was asking if you could only watch one thing today. So yesterday, remember, folks, we record our podcast on Saturday. So even though it comes to you on Tuesday of the next week, but we are right now today. We're talking when I talk about today, I'm talking about Saturday. So yesterday would have been Friday. I posted, I tweeted, if you had only one thing, if you could only watch one thing today. What would it be between coming to America or the WandaVision season finale? And WandaVision season finale won by a huge bit. That surprises me. I, I don't know why it surprises me, but that surprises me. I guess, yeah, that surprises me. That's cool. Yeah, in in. Even though you've heard me say that I don't do, like, I don't believe in, in spoilers. I, I, I don't think there is such a thing as, yo, I can, don't tell me because I won't be able to, to, like, you can tell me whatever you want, but I still want to see how it happened. So I don't believe in spoilers like that. But for some reason, I was really trying to avoid the spoilers. Uh, and so it was a dilemma for me because, I had to work extra yesterday, so I wanted to figure out, when I get home, what should I feel pressed to watch? Should I go straight into Coming to America, or should I watch WandaVision, which is just a half hour, and then after that, if I feel like it, 
go on and do coming to America. So let me ask you, Jojo, what did you think of this season finale? I thought it was I thought it was a really, really good ending to the series because they brought up a lot of things, especially in the um the episode before the last one. Is that penultimate? Is that the right word? The penultimate, yes, yeah. that's okay. right. Okay. So um <laughs> They they brought up a lot of things that was like, you know, how are they going to tie all this up in just, you know, a half an hour? There's so many things happening. But I think they did a, a really good job of doing that and not leaving you feeling unsatisfied. And yeah. also in the sense of setting up what else is to come. So like, it's not really like a, I don't wouldn't call it a cliffhanger per se, but at the same time, things to look forward to. Yeah, I like the fact that they actually walked away from the idea of, of cliffhanger and instead they left you prepared for what's to come. One, and they left you wanting more, but not because you are looking for resolution into the the last episode, but rather because you you are anticipating what's to come. Right? Yes, yes, that's it exactly. Yeah, Um my son was telling me last night, he said, Dad, I I thought Disney was going to just take the easy way for this one. But, like, they've really invested in these and they've really done something that is, like, it was, he said it was like a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really was. I was very impressed with the whole, like, I, I, I love it when a series does a, a story arc and 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 tells a complete story through the the whole series. I, I love that sort of thing. So so that was that was you know right up my alley or in my wheelhouse or whatever those terms are you want to use with this. So I, I enjoyed that. And then as you know, as your son said, the production value was was just fabulous. I mean, this wasn't it. It didn't feel like a TV show. You know, it 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 felt like a movie. Like the special effects were great and the. CGI and you know just the whole the whole feel of it was like a, a really long movie. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, how long do you think it will take for them to come back with the second season? Because I I hope it doesn't take you know a year or, or eighteen months. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I could see them wanting to push it out more quickly, but at the same time, I can see the the because uh, Disney Plus really seems to be trusting in the creators a lot, yeah. Especially when you take the the, the Star Wars stuff that's going on in into consideration, like with the Mandalorian, they pretty much yeah. were like, you know, do 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 Star Wars and give us a good story, yeah. And we're we're just going to stay out of it for the most part. So I I, I feel like Disney Plus is maybe going to leave it up to the creators and be like do a good story and we'll let you have the time that you need to make that happen. I also, I don't know if I'm taking this a bit too far, but what do you think they're trying to do here by bringing certain characters from X-Men into the story arc of WandaVision and Vision himself, who are mainly from the MCU, do do you do you think uh, can you anticipate that something is going to come about the X Men becoming their own little series within within that too? Because we we can see that originally the the whole idea was let's break out origin stories of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the Winter Soldier and and the Falcon and Wanda Vision and the whole thing, but. When they brought Evan Peter, Peters in into the series as the recast of Pietro, but we know that Evan Peters played Peter Maximoff, which was the American version of the Maximoff. Can you foresee something like that happen? I I think I don't know if it would for sure, but I think it would be really awesome if it did. I've always really enjoyed the X Men world. I, I enjoy the characters of the X-Men a little bit more than I do some of the the MCU stuff. So it would be cool to see some origin stories from, you know, from some of those those people or 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 
not really a crossover because they are in the same universe, but right. you know, adjoining, I guess, would be the word. More of a joining than than the straight st- split that the the copyright laws required before. Right. So I don't know where they're going with it, but it should be it should be interesting because I have to say they've definitely re- renewed my faith in in some of their their decision making. So uh, I, I'm I'm excited to see what they're what they're going to be doing. I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's going to entail. But it it would be very cool to see the X Men brought brought into the into the universe. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Jojo. Do you think this is the end for Agatha Harkness or Agnes? I don't think so. I don't think so. I hope not, because she's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then like just, her sur- her surrender was like a little too easy for me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I feel like like she um to be as powerful as she is presented as being, and for as long as she's been around, I think that something is going to happen. Maybe with the Doctor Strange movie or or yeah. something with that. Like I I I just don't see her being like oh, and she's done. I just don't I don't see that happening. But I, mean, I, I have to say, I love Catherine Hahn. Yeah. In that one. I mean, yeah. she she embodied the, that character so well. She really did. You know, and, uh, that was amazing. You know, I, 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 like, I've enjoyed her from the moment, even b- before discovering who she was. Like, nosy neighbors tend to be very annoying, but she wasn't. No, like no, she was always she, a breath of fresh air whenever she appeared. Yes, it? yes, she really was. She uh, she played the the nosy neighbor well enough, but with like enough of a a wink and a nod or tongue in cheek or whatever you yeah. want to do that it, that it made you you know kind of like giggle whenever you saw her. Yeah, let me ask you, Monica Rambo. What do you see happening here? Because we we know that she acquired some powers. Yeah, and she is sort of like. A niece to Captain Marvel. Yeah. And the whole notion is that actually the original Captain Marvel was her mother, as opposed to to her, to Auntie Carol. So are they preparing us to meet a new Captain Marvel? I don't, I don't know. That's a really good question. I don't know if we're going to get a, a new Captain Marvel or if she's going to join Captain Marvel and they'll, you know, unite. I I don't know, but I have to say the Captain Marvel movie is I think my favorite one of all of them. So, uh I I I like the idea of hearing more about the the people that were in that particular movie and um more of their backstory and they've got, you know, some really great talent there that I'd like to see them use in movies or series or, or whatever it turns out to be. Yeah, I'm there's so much to there's so much to wait for, to anticipate, <laughs> to you know, it's just it's just I hope that everything else they they have promised us can be as good as WandaVision. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so too. I'm sure some things won't be because that's, I mean, they've started a very ambitious project. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so it there, is. There, there's definitely going to be some disappointments in there, but I, I hope the good outweighs the meh. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you in that. So let us move on then to our main topic of the day, and it is coming to America 33 years waiting for a sequel that when we w- weren't expecting it to happen, boom, it came about. And then the speculation started because, of course, Coming to America is legendary. The original Coming to America. And we have learned to not trust sequels a lot because sometimes all sequels do is just mess it up for 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 us. And so this one happened and it has me particularly asking myself, what the hell are sequels for anyway? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Jojo. 
like, I know that you're not entirely familiar with the first movie, and it's it's hard to talk about this movie, really, the, the sequel, without an, an entire view of what goes on in the first. I mean, I'm sure you know the storyline, right? <laughs> Yes, yes, I do know the storyline. As for for our listeners, as Graham and I had discussed earlier, um, I this was not a movie I was allowed to see <laughs> thirty three years ago, and uh, that was that was a lot to do with uh, the some of the sexual content and uh, entendre and things that went on. My parents weren't down with that. And then uh, when I got a little bit older, it was just it kind of fell off my radar as one to watch. It's like I'm I'm catching up to some of those movies, right? As as I get older, you know, it's like, oh yeah, that was that movie I was never allowed to see, and then I'll watch it. And for whatever reason, this one never came back on my radar. I genuinely have no idea why, because I I, I love Eddie Murphy, and for whatever reason, it just never popped up in my idea of. Hey, let's watch this movie. Right. So, so I never got to see the first installment of of this, and so I know that hamstrings me terribly with having watched the second one. But at the same time, I I think that maybe in some ways I can bring some sort of uh, thoughts to the table about it since I <laughs> since I don't have a huge point of reference for everything. I mean, I, I I do know the background of the movie and I know some of the clips and you know. I know some of the, the more famous lines from it and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, coming to America, it's it, it. I have to say, it's not a movie that you have to had watched in order to know how much of a place it occupies in modern American life in in folklore. And as a matter of fact, there are coming to America original uh, coming to America lines. That you could go and drop anywhere in this on this planet, in English, and people will know what you are talking about, and it's going to create this giggle, sort of like an inside joke. Like you can go and say, you can go to Turkey today and talk about the royal penis is clean, Your Majesty, and <laughs> and people would know. <laughs> people would know what you're talking about, right? One of the one of my favorite lines that like okay so just just to give you an idea my wife has been doing some some remodeling here in the house and she bought these beautiful chairs for <laughs> uh, a little eating space that we have in the for, in the in the non formal living room and they are velvet and. <laughs> when she replaced those chairs, she was so happy and she put them together and blah, blah, blah. And she put them around the table and they really look marvelous. Like they completely changed the face of the, of, of the entire dining area. And when she's like, come see it. And I knew exactly what I wanted to say. So I went and touched it. And the first thing that came to mind was, this is beautiful. What is it, velvet? <laughs> <laughs> my wife, who after all these years have been married to me, of course my jokes aren't funny to her anymore. <laughs> so... She got mad at me and went like this. And I'm like, babe, but you walked right into this one. Because you knew, <laughs> you know what was going to happen. If you call me to take a look at chairs made of covered in velvet, when everything I do always bring up a line from coming to America. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you, 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 you rolled out the red carpet for that. <laughs> so, so this is what I'm saying. It's like coming to America at work, for instance. My my coworker Nicole and I, we every day. There's no one day that some line doesn't come up between us about coming to America in in. And it's amazing because sometimes we'll do it in front of patients and the patients jump in. And they, 
<laughs> you have a whole little recreation of the movie going on. That's awesome. Yeah. That you is know? awesome. And the, I... the lines are so famous, Judge. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> my, my best friend and her family love the movie and, and myself love the movie. Oh, God, I just forgot the name of it. Muddy Pit. So, like, that, that is a movie that, that we will quote to each other without even realizing that we're doing it. So, it'll be like, turkey's done. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, I, I just, uh, uh, home, crap, home. It's just, I just, <laughs> what you living in Swiss cheese with walls? But I, I just, I, I so I, I completely know the dynamic you're talking about. It's a different movie, but it is a beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous thing to be able to share that kind of thing with somebody, that that particular humor. And when somebody gets your movie, whatever it may be, it's it's just it oh, it's a beautiful feeling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like okay, so my boss told me my boss is just about maybe three or four years younger than me. And and so we 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 have this thing like you know this is a dude that was entering high school sort of like when I was on my last year, so we sort of like a little bit contemporaneous. <laughs> back back in the day when this movie came out, he had a group of friends, and they would go around looking looking for anything where they could drop this line, like, "Hey, what is this velvet?" <laughs> <laughs> kid who grew up in the Midwest in St. Louis, I'm trying to imagine a bunch of white kids. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. In 1988, Missouri, going, this is beautiful. What is it? Velvet? And I know this person, and this makes it so much funnier. <laughs> So, oh God. Oh God. I may never recover. <laughs> so let me tell you, man, this is what we've inherited. <laughs> I'm serious. I may never recover. <laughs> I have to call 911 for Juju, right? <laughs> I have this whole movie running in my head. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. <sighs> so, so this is what we've, we've inherited from the coming to America, the original. And so now you have a sequel that, although I was happy for, and I know everybody who knows this movie so intimately as I do, we're happy to hear that it was coming. But at the same time, not only did we have our reservations, but I think having seen this movie, which wasn't a bad movie at all, it's not bad. It is actually a very nice movie. But it is a nice movie if it weren't a sequel. I, I don't know if I'm even making sense. It would be a great movie if it weren't supposed to be the sequel to Coming to America. And so... Right now, the question is, was this entirely necessary? Second, my biggest problem with this movie, and we'll talk about this, is the fact that it relied way too much on nostalgia. The, the characters we love on Coming to America originally are characters that were new to us, but then they became something else. They became part of, of what we know for a culture. They became memorable. And they became beloved. And to a certain extent, they actually became real to us. Even though we know that they're fictional characters. But now, coming to America brings them back and it's more or less as a matter of comedic exploitation as opposed to them having an actual purpose for this movie. I don't know what you think about this, but that's where I'm so, at. So for you, it felt 
more of a instead of instead of a continuation of a story that was started 33 years ago it felt more of a a nostalgia fest if you will a uh let's just revisit these characters and not really change them or have them grow at all let's just a little bit but maybe not too much so that people are recognize them and then let's just kind of cash in on on people's memory of of 33 years ago is that kind of what i'm getting yeah yeah yeah. And yeah that's exactly that's exactly what i what what i what i think happened here and and so so the the newer characters in this movie are weak not memorable and what they do do is that they play on a lot of not necessarily negative stereotypes but stereotypes nonetheless. Some of the new characters are charming, right? So we, we see, for instance, Akeem, the character of, of Eddie Murphy, has three daughters, beautiful, powerful girls that are absolutely independent girl bosses and stuff. But the storyline is about a male heir, <laughs> so so there's that. Then the new newest character in this movie, which is supposed to be Eddie Murphy's not Eddie Murphy's Akim's bastard son, played by Jermaine Fowler, is actually the best thing that happened to this movie in terms of new characters. But then you have some questionable choices for characters, and in in I'm I'm trying to figure out what's the point of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, for instance, there's this weird ass character that Wesley Snipes plays, General Easy, who's supposed to be some sort of like warlord, African warlord, and oh, we're talking about a comedy here, but you didn't have to make a warlord such a caricature. I, I don't know if I'm even making sense. Like, you could maintain the aspect of of the scary guy character, of the scary guy portion of an African warlord. Because these motherfuckers are scary, you know? And, and making him an absolute caricature didn't do much for the movie, and I didn't find him funny at all. You can make scary guys funny without them being overtly trying to be funny and and ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Like a um you can you can make somebody scary and funny at the same time and they don't have to play on stereotypes to make that happen. You know, it doesn't have to be um it doesn't you can make the 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 character ridiculous without making them a a you know just a a cartoon drawing you know they can they, there's 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 a way there's a nuance there's a way that that can be done yeah. and if you can't do that then what is the point of having the character you know like i don't and yes yes and the other thing i criticize for me the other critique about uh, i have about this movie is that they're trying to tell us that Akim, having been crown prince for the space of 30 plus years, really has taken a backseat and basically left his father be. And so in that respect, Akim did not influence anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, so if I were to write, if I were the one writing this movie, I would think about these things. I, I would think about 33 plus years have happened, so there has to be a modernizing of Zamunda, not only physically, but also in terms of mentality. Other than bringing fast food to Zamunda through the McDonald's, what else? <laughs> and so, in my view... The only thing that happened during those 30 plus years is that yeah, Zamunda got McDowell's. Uh, you know, they got fast food. <laughs> so I didn't see that as much change. And then 
when the time came for the dad to just pass the baton, well, it was all about what he wanted. You have to go back to America, get your bastard son, and give him the, <laughs> and make him a prince so that he can inherit. It was, it was a bit of a mess. But maybe I am too, uh, I'm, I'm being too literal with, with things in, Comedy doesn't have to be that way, I guess. But these are all the critiques that I have. <laughs> what do you think? Am I being too serious about this? No, I, I don't think so because I haven't seen the first one. And I, I, I wanted, like I said, I wanted to see it before I watched the sequel. But it just, life happened and that, that didn't happen. But I... Knowing from what you've said and what I've heard other people say and and having some lovely coworkers who would play off of each other and, and, and do, you know, jokes from the movie and then have to explain it to me. It was very, this movie was, a, a I think, a cultural phenomena is what I'm hearing and uh, an yeah. important part of 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 life and, and an import, important formula form. It formed people's opinions on a lot of things in right. 1988. So to make a sequel that is just kind of a, oh, well, these people have been essentially frozen in amber for 33 years. Let's, you know, chip off the amber and bring them back and just, you know, have the same characters doing sort of the same things uh, 33 years later sounds like a disservice to a movie that was, although a comedy, an incredibly important part of of our psyche and our, our pop culture and and that sort of thing. So if you know that that's that's a shame because I, I I mean I did find the movie very funny. Of course, there's some references that I didn't completely get, but I I did find the movie funny, but I didn't really find it as anything other than funny. I I didn't. Right. Right. Like I, 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 to me, it's not like a cultural touchstone. It doesn't say, "Oh, this is 2021" or anything like that. Whereas I think the original coming to America, from everyone else's experiences that I'm hearing and the impression that I'm getting, was this was a very important movie. Yes, it was a comedy, but that doesn't matter. Comedy is just as important in drama and everything else. Comedy is just as part, as much a part of the human experience. You know, the original one was very, very much a a part of growing up in that time or a part of coming of age in that time. Uh, and um, it doesn't sound to me like the sequel achieved any of those sort of things other than just uh, let's let's have a callback and let's let's uh, and, you know, you hate to be crass, but, you know, let's make some movies and some money off of this before we're too old. <laughs> Yeah. And, and and we can still move around and may, maybe be funny. <laughs> yeah. We can still stand on our own two feet. <laughs> yeah, but like, I I think you you getting you getting where I'm going with this because it's just uh, like I said, if this was an original movie, if it if it didn't have any ties to a movie that came before it then it would probably be perfectly acceptable. I think one of the best things that the original movie did is that it was, at least for me, for a guy of African descent, this was the very first time, the very first movie I was seeing where Africans in Africa was dignified and independent in and masters of their own domain and uh, it was it was a beautiful thing it was the first time where africans were the butt of the joke <laughs> and it was like that the reverse table right like once he got into america you see all of the ridiculousness in the big country that is supposed to be first world country you know what i mean and he's the one who is who is like amazed by what he's seen. Where there's a there's a poignant part where he says, "Look, Sammy, a country where people are so free that they get to throw their rubbish 
on the streets. You, you know what I mean? Because he was in, in that 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 critique was being made there. That indictment was there because everybody who thought themselves as funny, whenever they wrote something that was about Africans or Africa, well, Africa or the Africans were the butt of the jokes. Whereas in this case, this was conceived as, oh no, we are the ones who are seeing them through our lenses and we see them for for what they are versus what they believe themselves to be, right? And that was that was an impressive thing for my 13-year-old mind at the time. And I was perfectly fine with that. This movie comes back and does a little bit of that, but then it's hard to to take seriously when if you look back at Zamunda, not much has changed. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's hard to say, yeah, you get to do that because now you're showing me how far everything has come in Zamunda 30 years later. But yet that's not the case at all. You actually have the character of Akim cowering now to a ridiculous warlord, <laughs> a warlord who enters the Zamundan palace whenever he f- the fuck he wants and makes threats and shit. Like, that does not make bloody sense to me at all. And maybe, again, maybe I'm, I don't have that kind of sense of humor, but I would have chosen something different. I would have done something different and it, for a sequel, and that's not what I'm seeing here. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I, as you're saying, if it was just a standalone movie, if it was just, I guess if it was just a movie about what it's about, it would be fine. It wouldn't be a masterpiece or anything like that, but it, it would be fine. It would be funny. Yeah. But to have it tied to something so iconic is, you know, we, we have big expectations for sequels and for something that was so important in 1988 to not understand that maybe fully um, and not understand the, the cultural influence and impact, you know, it's just, it's a shame that, that that wasn't thought more of for the sequel. Cause they, you know, they, they, they have some great talent there and they could have made something Fabulous. Yes. And and they made something okay. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's okay. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not what I was expecting. That's not, I, I suppose, most people were expecting. To some people, this is going to be fine. And maybe a lot of people will l- listen to this podcast or watch this on our YouTube channel and say, these people are overthinking things. And I understand that. I'm, I, I'm, I'll be the first one to admit that I, I overthink a lot of a lot of things that maybe don't have that kind of weight. <laughs> really, shouldn't be. But that's me, and you know, I'm, 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 I'm being me. I'm trying to, to, I'm trying to give you my perspective of what I think went missing here, and. Um, I don't expect everybody to agree with with what I'm saying here to be honest but you know I th- I thought it needed it needed to be said because yeah whatever <laughs> I don't I don't think I mean I don't think that you're guilty of overthinking something because you know it it sounds like you're saying because it's it's just a comedy movie but it's it's not it wasn't just a comedy you know and and comedy is important comedy can change the world when you think about the work of exactly. Mel Brooks and you think about the work of Charlie Chaplin who may have been a terrible person but his films made a huge impact uh in yeah. in world and you know i i Norman Lear and and people like that. Yeah. So com- comedy isn't, of course, it can just be silly and slapstick, and that's perfectly fine. There is nothing wrong with that. But you can also make a statement with your comedy. You can change the world with your comedy, and I think the the original movie did that. 
and and created a a community if you will of people who can quote the movie back and forth to each other and and have that sense of 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 kinship and brotherhood but it it doesn't sound like the sequel really was respectful of that and like i said i found it funny i i laughed it, i thought it was it was it was a good movie but you know i i i don't I don't think it's going to change the world. I don't yeah. think it's going to do anything other than just be, oh, there was a sequel to Coming to America. We should watch it because we watched Coming to America. Yeah. And, you know, and it's always exciting to see characters that you loved coming back in things. You know, it's always like, oh, I'm, you know, I, I missed them. I wanted to know more about them and that sort of thing. So, I mean, of course, it, that pulls on our nostalgia as human beings. Because for whatever reason, human beings are nostalgic. Yeah. It used to be considered a mental illness, but <laughs> isn't anymore. <laughs> but I, I just we we are, and and you know things from the past that we have tied to a particular time in our life are, um, you know, we, we're always going to have that reaction when when something comes out that that reminds us of that time. Or those people. So I, I, I understand why they made the movie because obviously the Hollywood executives understand nostalgia better than any of us. But I, I, I do wish that they had done a, a different, had taken a different route. Well said, Jojo. Before we get into the cast, there's another piece also that I want to talk about here. Is is some weird stuff that happened, especially some cameos. Like there was like this this barrage of cameos that I was like, "Well, what what is this?" Right? Uh, the pre-funeral thing. I wouldn't have done that. I would probably have done a funeral, something brief, and show grief and whatever, and then go all out with actually Akeem's coronation. That would have made sense to me instead. I, I, again, like this, I'm, I'm, I'm overthinking stuff, but this is where I would have gone. Like, really, the pre-funeral was silly and did not make a lot of sense to me in that presentation by Morgan Freeman thing and Gladys Knight singing on that midnight train to Zamunda from Zamunda or whatever. Like, do they not have their own artists and shit in Zamunda? <laughs> I, I don't know what was happening there. Like, I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was a case of let's just pack everybody in that we possibly can. You want to be in coming to America? You want to be in coming to America? You want to be come, 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 come. <gasps> do you know what this reminded me? It reminded me of. Do you remember that weird remake of We Are the World that they did when? Oh God! <laughs> when I the, do. I'd yeah. forgotten it, but yes. Yeah, like yes. like. It, like Vince Vaughn was in it and she, like, what the fuck? Right? <laughs> That's what the entire scene reminded me and stuff. Like, I mean, give the king a dignified death, right? Send him off with a, you know, in a nice, beautiful ceremony or whatever. And then bring all that shit if you want to, but in a coronation scene. Let me see Akeem, who has been the crown prince for the past 30 plus years, right? Get now crowned as the new king, you know, something like that. I don't know. But hey, pre-funeral is your thing? Yeah, that's cool with me then, you know. And one more thing. Where the fuck was Baba 30 years ago? Like, now... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm ranting too much about this, but like seriously, though, Baba was there and shit, and it took Baba thirty years. No, come on, stop it, stop. Yeah. 
Stop. Whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never been a fan of, of like retroactively adding characters that were, I don't know, like we never saw or never heard of or whatever to sequels or to to series or that kind of thing it was like, oh, yeah, they were just, uh, you know, they were cleaning the bathroom every time 30 years <laughs> ago or whatever. You know, we just we just missed them. I mean, they, they, I, I don't know. I've I've always had a problem with that, with them suddenly being like, and here's this character who was around the entire time. Ta-da! Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Again, I know it's comedy, but again, I do have my reservations with how the conception of Lavelle happened. Uh, because technically, we're saying that Akim got raped. And uh, that wouldn't have flown well if it was the other way around. Like, there's no, there's no reason it should fly well, and it no, should I be mean, funny any in any way, shape, or form. It's very uh, true in this in this particular sense. That is very, very true. Yeah. So, and, and I'm not even going to elaborate on that. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it right there. Yeah. No, no, leave it there. But it's you're right. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let, let's talk about. The cast, the cast was a bunch of returns more than anything else. Again, this is a movie that really relayed on on nostalgia. So the, this movie originally did not have the most gigantic of, of, of cast because most of the principal main characters were played by Arsenio and Eddie. And we, we saw that. I was obviously happy to see Mr. Clarence and company Except that Mr. Clarence and company actually didn't get much older. <laughs> uh, it sort of like look look the same, and, you know. But they were as funny as they were thirty plus years ago, and that's great. So we know that the combination of Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall being funny together thirty plus years ago wasn't a one off that they can get back together 30-plus years later and still be funny as hell. That's impressive. That is very impressive because, you know, that's 30 years is, is a long time. And, uh, you know, to be able to still have the chemistry and play off of each other, that 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 is a feat. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's the one... One of the good things that came out from this movie. I'm glad that they were able to recast a lot of the people that participated in this movie. This was, for me, the original Coming to America. Garcel Beauvais was the first time I ever saw a Haitian of any background, female or male, featuring in a major movie. and. You know, she was a flower girl, and 30 years plus, she's still a flower girl, which is kind of weird. You know. <laughs> no promotion, but you're still there doing the same thing, right? But I was glad to see her back. Sherry Headley as Lisa McDowell. It was also interesting to see how these people have aged, some of them gracefully and some of them not really that gracefully (laughs) (laughs) yeah very true (laughs) (laughs) paul bates i think made a comeback louis anderson is still the man there doing his thing at mcdowell's hopefully he's still not he's not just frying potatoes and shit (laughs) you know again we've talked about wesley snipes character general easy the warlord, not my favorite thing that happened, but yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> so James Earl Jones was sort of a cameo, yeah. if you if you want to think about it that way, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. It was sort of a cameo. He was on the very first few scenes, and that's it, because he died. Uh, let's talk about the the ladies who played the daughters. Kiki Lane was the older daughter, Mika, who eventually got to be queen. 
She, we've seen her before in the Old Guard. So she, the we, the movie we re- reviewed yes. with or talk about with um, Charlize Theron. So, yes. Yeah. So she's, we're familiar with her and her work, and she's, uh, she's, uh, she's, she's good. Yes. Yeah. The, the, I, like I said, I'm a big fan of the daughters. Like it, it was, yeah. it was like one of the highlights of the film for me. Yeah. And. Uh, it was it was a beautiful thing. This younger one, I, I don't know how to say her, a Kylie Love or Kylie Love, Princess Tinashe Jofa. <laughs> she she was uh, she was an interesting little one. Like she was so <laughs> feisty and she <laughs> and the fight with General Easy ended when she appeared on the scene. Like, hey man, <laughs> I'm here to kick ass, and boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the character of Lavelle's mother it, was it Mary Mary Johnson played by Leslie Jones was the the entire thing was weird the entire Johnson family <laughs> except for Lavelle was 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 kind of weird Tracy Morgan uh, you know. Like Uncle Kareem, like the bad influence uncle who happens to be the father figure and shit. The entire thing was kind of weird, but at times they were funny, and and we'll we'll, we'll acknowledge that. But I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it was I agree it was it was a little off tone if that's the right term. Yeah, yeah. Tayana Taylor played Bopoto Easy. And um, I was so I was so impressed by the the first entrance of of Bopoto, you know. I mean, like she wasn't like she came in with some girl power and did her thing and sort of like stole the scene and stole the room, you know. Actually, started to kind of like rooting for her ending up with Lavelle. Until then, I met. Mirembe, who was sort of like secretly poised to be a princess herself, like, and then I'm like, yeah, man, I think Mirembe is the girl for you, dude. <laughs> so I was, I was a fan of Bopoto. Uh, Bopoto was 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 graceful, beautiful. She had like this Beyonce esque thing going on, but I I didn't want her to be the girl that her that the father wanted to marry off to some dude for whatever reason. Right. So I, I was I was fine with them no no ending together. Yeah. Agreed. There was a cameo by Michael Blackson, who who is one of my favorite comedians. <laughs> he was the one who introduced General Easy uh Easy originally when the, his first arrival to the scene and all of that shit that he said, like tamer of elephants and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Shit was funny as hell. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, so Michael Blackson is one of my favorite people, one of my favorite comedian. (laughs) Uh, Rotimi Akinosho, who most people will know as Dre on power, the stars original series. It was refreshing to see Rotimi there as the son of General Easy. And uh, the actress who played Mirembe, her name is Nonzamo Mbata. And uh, she is South African. I don't know where else I've seen her. Do you? I don't. I'm afraid I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But, but. She was fantastic. I, I, there was something about her that I loved from the very first minute she appeared on, on, on the screen. It's it's always fun when that happens, like especially with an actor and actress you have never seen before. It's always fun when they come on screen and and you just love them from the moment they appear. Yeah, and you can't wait for them to to kind of show up in another scene. Like even if it's just a little tiny part, you know. Yes. It's like oh, I I can't wait to see you in something else. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
And that's exactly what I was left feeling like. I want to see more of this of this actress, and hopefully she stays around for a long time. So this is a beautiful discovery in that respect for me. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Jermaine Fowler, I enjoy this kid in everything. He he was he had he had a little sitcom. I don't know if it was on NBC about two or three years ago, maybe. It, like he was like some young adult kid who started working in a donut shop with some white dude old white dude and they, they had like this weird relationship it was actually funny because Jermaine Fowler is a funny young comedian he is a funny kid was it superior donuts there you go superior something like donuts. that um yeah. and so that that's where I've, I've seen him before and I was glad the moment that they announced that he was going to be the the bastard son I was glad because I knew that he he was going to do a fantastic job for some reason, I love this kid, and I, I think he can be funny, but also he brings the the acting with him, you yeah. know. So that was great. But again, the majority of of people who were there were folks who were in the original movie, and uh, again, this is a movie that relied heavily on nostalgia. I have to mention one of my favorite people on anything was Madge Sinclair, the actress who originally played the mother of Akeem. And of course, she passed away since. And I was glad to see the little homage that went on there uh, for her. I, I My hope was that in one of those flashbacks, she would be shown because uh, Madge Sinclair was had like one of the kindest faces and smiles that I've ever seen on anyone. And when I learned her, she was born on the same year that my mother was born, in 1944. And I remember learning of her death. One, one day I was just watching something on Amazon Prime, and you know how I, on Amazon Prime you can go on the X-ray form yes. and sort of like see the cast and when i went to the bio of Marge sinclair i realized that she'd passed away about a year before that you know and it literally saddened me like i had to pause the movie and sort of like take a moment because again this this lady was one of my favorite like whenever she was in something, I, I wanted to watch it. And also she was the voice of Sarabe in on The Lion King, which was Nala's mother, the the little lioness that uh, that Simba ended up with. Yes. So there was always this thing between her and James Earl Jones, wherever James Earl, Earl Jones was, there was, you know, <laughs> he, he was like he, she was like her his his cinematic wife for some reason you know <laughs> so so i i was i was glad to see that little homage and i i wished it was a bit more elaborated uh, i don't know but don't ask me why i i love that lady so much i can't tell you why it was just that kind of thing like some some people you just Take your liking to and yeah, and you know, yeah. No, some people it's you know some actors it's it's like that. You just um, for whatever reason have a connection to them, and uh, you know, of course, it's only one way because you never meet them. But you yeah, still, yeah. Eh, it still becomes uh, you know part of sort of part of your little circle, and it it is always devastating to find out when someone like that has passed away. I I feel like it's almost worse when you find out that it's been a while, yeah. at least in the case when, when that sort of thing has happened to me, it, it's like if, you know, in the case of Robin Williams, of course that made the news and everybody knew about that. And that, that was a celebrity that hit me hard when he died. Yeah, that's true. And, and so, but when it's been a while, when it's, you know, maybe a lesser known celebrity or maybe you just didn't pick up the news that day and you missed it, you know, when it's been a year or so and you find out they're dead, it's like, oh man, you know, all this time I thought 
I thought everything was fine. You know, I thought they were living life and everything was cool and they actually were dead. And I didn't, I feel like, I don't know. Part of me always felt, felt like a jerk. Like, I don't know. Like, how did I not know this? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. So suffice to say, I hope it doesn't feel like Graham hated on the entire movie. I didn't get that impression at all. I just got the impression that you were kind of like disappointed in the sense of, you know, I'm I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. Like, I think the conclusion for me is by itself, this is a good movie. As long as you don't have to relate it to the original coming to America. That's it. So, so this is what, this is what I'm going to go with, you know? Yeah. So there's that. (laughs) And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. So today we've talked about the ending of WandaVision and also coming to America. We hope you like what you've heard. And if you disagree, please don't forget to drop us a note and tell us what we got wrong and what you thought was better than we expected. Of course, you can find Jocelyn on Instagram as Jocelyn Podcast. And me, you will find me on Instagram and on Twitter as Mr. Puzzetta, M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. If you've watched us on our YouTube channel, please don't forget to subscribe so that you can receive notification on when we drop new episodes. But even without notification, you can come back every week on Fridays at noon. We'll have a new episode for you. But for now, for me, and uh, for the Jojo. (laughs) Saint Jojo. Saint Jojo of Maryland. We're going to call it a day. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group.